Welcome to the Littler Diversity and Inclusion Podcast. Conversations related to the human resource challenges of an ever-evolving workforce. Welcome to Episode 10 of my Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Podcast Series, your Diversity and Inclusion Toolkit. My name is Elisha Asgar-Dotson, and I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion trainer, consultant, and a shareholder with Littler Mendelssohn, the largest management-side labor and employment law practice in the world. Today, I want to touch upon the topic of diversity referral bonuses. In recent months, some employers have used their employee referral programs to boost their recruitment of diverse talent. They have aimed to do so by paying higher referral bonuses for the referral of women and other members of traditionally underrepresented communities. The concept behind the diversity referral bonus is to incentivize those with connections to diverse communities, members of underrepresented communities, women, veterans, and disabled individuals to put forth talented people they believe will succeed in the organization. While such programs can help employers achieve their aspirational diversity goals more quickly, I'd like to discuss the question of their legal compliance and value. As we all know, it is illegal in the United States to make any employment-related decisions based on an individual's protected characteristics, including their race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, national origin, or any other protected category. And remember, Besides federal law, employers also need to keep the characteristics protected by state and local law in mind. However, it is legal for an employer to strive to enhance the diverse candidates in its recruiting pipeline. For example, the Department of Labor's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs and the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission specifically recommend using employee referral programs as a diversity recruitment strategy while welcoming and considering all applicants for hire regardless of race, color, gender, and other such status. Note that, to my knowledge, neither has specifically opined on the legality of diversity referral bonuses. The EEOC has, however, expressed caution and concern about traditional referral bonuses in certain circumstances. Specifically, employers with a homogenous workforce might just propagate more employees of the same ilk through referrals instead of breaking the existing mold. In such cases, a referral bonus might shut dissimilar candidates out of the referral process and limit their opportunities to be hired by that employer. Proponents of diversity referral bonus programs will argue that focusing on the recruiting pipeline while ensuring that the hiring process remains free from improper considerations to ensure that more members of historically underrepresented communities are represented is likely legally compliant. Nevertheless, such employers need to be vigilant. 
as the DE&I space is continually evolving, employers should monitor changes in legal and regulatory requirements to ensure that they remain in the know if the status quo about referral bonuses changes. For my part, I suggest practicing caution regarding diversity referral bonuses for two reasons. First, I worry that these programs differentially reward current employees for successful hires and establish a reward system essentially based on protected categories. This potentially opens the employer up to claims of reverse discrimination. Presumably, if the employer is allotting more money to employees who bring in members of traditionally underrepresented communities, the argument could be made that the employer values certain protected characteristics, for example, color or gender, over others. Second, for those candidates who receive an offer of employment because of such programs, the initiatives are potentially stigmatizing. Regardless of the education meted out to the workforce in the form of DE&I training, the existing workforce might question the qualifications of the new hires. This can cause friction amongst members of the workforce that will stymie the new recruits' ability to achieve that inclusion once they bring their diversity through the door. Instead of reaching for this quick fix, I recommend employers invest the sweat equity to develop long-term relationships with HBCUs and other majority-minority institutions to expand and not contract their recruitment practices. For those who say that such resources are limited to targeting entry-level candidates, I caution you not to keep so narrow a focus. Successful alums often maintain strong relationships with their alma mater. Once an employer develops that important and trusting relationship with an HBCU's career office, they are even more likely to be introduced to its network of successful alums who might better suit those higher-level positions. The same holds true for affinity professional organizations and trade schools. Another great and often overlooked resource to identifying programs that assist in providing job referral services to women, minorities, veterans, and individuals with disabilities is the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs revamped Employment Referral Resource Directory that was most recently updated in 2020. The new list identifies government and nonprofit organizations to assist employers and especially federal contractors in their recruiting and compliance efforts. Here's another creative idea. When creating employee referral ads, highlight the importance of diversity to your organization and use strong inclusion-focused imagery and language. 
I've recently seen job postings and referral ads where employers clearly open their recruitment to all qualified job applicants and especially emphasize the employer's interest in hearing from members of historically underrepresented communities. And my final tip for now. Remember to make your employee referral program itself more inclusive by opening it to non-employees. Ask business partners, vendors, investors, customers, and even social media followers to recommend great candidates. In one memorable instance, one client printed their referral ad on the back of their invoices. Their customers responded in droves to the ads, and several qualified applicants were hired. This is a great way to work towards making your organization more reflective of the communities you serve. Well, we have spent another fun episode tackling how you can foster diversity amongst your workforce in a legally compliant manner. If you have any more questions about these issues or anything else in the DEI space, please shoot me an email or give me a phone call. I will continue to unbox and demystify other DEI concepts in future podcasts, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.